good old fashioned organization. I mean, mm -hmm. fundraising is, is sales. Like we talked about it's you know, you've got your CRM, you got your target list, you've got your status of, you know, where the meetings stand and, and where you are in the process. And you just move through and you just keep your head down and just focus on it is really, you know, those are two key things. From sleeping on friends' couches while bootstrapping her first business to helping the most promising founders raise real capital with her own boutique investment fund, Annie Evans is a true powerhouse with a wealth of investment knowledge. She understands consumer behavior and the key role of B2B partnerships in scaling and growing ideas into companies and knows how to make the fundraising process approachable for anyone. Coming up, Annie shares her experience in converting early customers into angel investors. The three essential tips you need to know when putting together an operating agreement with business partners. How Dream Ventures is demystifying the fundraise process into digestible, simple steps. What makes for a great investment pitch. And finally, Annie shares how she and her team can act as the fundraising wing women of your dreams. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Annie, I am so excited to finally sit down with you and have this conversation I have to share with all of our listeners how we connected a couple of months ago through another entrepreneurista who introduced us and, and we hit it off through our backgrounds and shared experiences. And when I learned about what you're doing now with your business, Dream Ventures, I just knew that we had to share your story on the Entrepreneurista podcast because your company is going to be able to help so many women with their business, raise money, create the business of their dreams and create wealth for, for women everywhere. So excited to sit down with you today and have this conversation. I'm so excited to be here. I've admired Entrepreneurista podcast for many, many years and always I'm just amazed at the caliber of women that you have interviewed and I'm just so honored to be here. Well, let's just dive into your incredible background and story and something that we talk about all of the time on, on the podcast and just with business owners that, you know, when we're having conversations is that, you know, running a business is, is not always as glamorous as it might look on Instagram when we're all posting, you know, photos of events and things that are going on. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And sometimes our first businesses and second businesses don't always succeed. And there's, you know, a lot of hard times and learning lessons. And I know you, your first venture, um, I would love for you to share a little bit about your first venture and how you got started and what happened in that business and then how that led in now to what you're building with Dream Ventures. Absolutely. It's so true. I would say that, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is the opposite of, you know, a glamorous sort of, Instagram filter and it's highs and lows and it's like riding a roller coaster. Some days you're like, yes, I'm killing it. And the next day, you know, you might get a pass from an investor you really wanted and you feel like, you know, do I really even have something here? So 
yeah, I'll just dive in. About 10 years ago, I was living in New York City. I had just called off a wedding engagement and was actually in New York City running around to an event in the West Village, but I was residing in my parents' basement. I moved back home with them. So I was taking the Chinatown bus up to New York to do events freelance. And one day before an event, I was trying to get my hair blown out. And this was like in the craze where, you know, dry bar and blow and all the blowout bars were coming out. And I had an hour to get my hair blown out before an event. And I spent the entire time Googling West Village blowout bar and going through, I think, 10 different salons to try to find an appointment. And so a little light bulb went off and I thought to myself, you know, there's hotel tonight, open table, seamless, Uber. There's no aggregated place to find a beauty service appointment. So I felt like I want to create this. This is a white space. And I just could not stop thinking about this idea, became completely obsessed. I had, you know, no money, was actually in debt at the time and was living with my parents. So I sort of thought to myself at that point, things could only sort of go up from here. (laughs) (laughs) Decided to just go for it. And so my first step was uh, my best friend, um, who's still my best friend today, was living in the Bahamas. And she bought me a one-way ticket to the Bahamas. And she said, I love this idea. I think there's something here. I know a few investors that are in the Bahamas. Why don't you come over? And I said, a one-way ticket? I mean, I can't just like, you know, not have a (laughs) It's like, we need to like figure out your life. You get on the plane. You're going to come stay with me. She was the director of um, F&B for Atlantis. Okay. So I went over to the Bahamas and it was just this amazing healing experience, swimming in turquoise water, you know, sunlight with my best friend. And she did introduce me to my first investor. We had lunch. Um, He was a guy that worked in private equity. And I just said, I want to create open table for the beauty industry. And he said, I love it. I will give you the first check if you go back to New York City and you run around and sign up all the salons and spots. So that sort of gave me the wings to fly and kind of set out on the path. Went back to New York City. I asked a bunch of my girlfriends if I could crash on their couch. And so I literally, I think I was 30, 34 at the time. And I got a job cocktail waitressing at um, Stone Rose in the Time Warner Center so I could have some money. And then I would sleep on my girlfriend's couches for three nights at a time and then split up the month. And I had like a little duffel bag. Wow. So yeah, that's where it all started. And then, okay, you're running around town now trying to sign up these salons. Did you have like an app or a prototype or you were trying to get the buy-in first that they said they would want to be part of this once you built it out? Exactly. So I was starting to run around and talk to salons, but I needed that developer piece. and. I ended up through talking to neighbors and friends about this idea. I had uh, one of my best guy friends connect me to Hannah Bronfman, who I ended up partnering up with. And she was an amazing partner. She was the yin to my yang. Um, She had lots of connections in the influencer and PR world that I certainly didn't have. And so together, we made a great team. Um, We ended up partnering with a third co-founder 
who was sort of the operations person. And so the three of us set out on this journey. We all sort of individually had the idea, but then through talking to people in the New York ecosystem, decided to come together. So we did, and we all put in a little bit of money to create the MVP of the app. And we bootstrapped that for about a year before we went out and raised some venture money. And what was the process like of raising money? That was your first time ever, ever raising, correct? Yeah. So this was almost 10 years ago. And at that time, I had no investor network whatsoever. Literally did not know one angel investor, one VC. I came from the magazine world. And so this was completely foreign. I found all of the fundraising jargon of like safe note versus convertible note, like Chinese, basically. I did not understand it at all. I found it super confusing. So truly took us a very long time to fundraise, about 18 months. And our third co-founder at the time had come from the finance world. And he said, I know this world. I have a lot of connections. I'm going to go out and fundraise. Can you, Annie, stay back at the office and run the day-to-day customer service and partnerships and all that? So he went out to try to fundraise. He was not successful in bringing in any money. So he said, why don't you try after about a year? So then I went and started hustling around meeting with investors, had probably 100 meetings and got told no many, many times. What finally started to click at the end of the 18 months was the angels who ended up coming in were our customers and they were super users of our app. So they were CEO, C-level executive women that were busy and time-strapped, but needed to look polished for panels and big meetings and events. And so that was where we ended up getting a lot of our investors. And what ended up happening with this business? So... Unfortunately, after about three years, it went out of business. And there were really two key factors that, you know, was ended in that result. One was that at the end of the day, we had a co-founder sort of fallout where Hannah and I had one vision for the company to pivot and our other partner had a different vision. And so we couldn't get on the same page. So it ultimately crumbled. The second part was that The reason that there is no open table or resi and that it's taken so long for someone to create it is because all of these beauty studios and salons and spas, they all use a different software. So you can't get everybody all synced up. So that was also a real friction point for us. I do want to mention that I'm an advisor to a company called Scoop that is a beauty booking app and they have figured it out where they've gotten everybody synced. So everybody should check that out. Oh, that's awesome. So I think there's a lot of learning lessons to unpack here. And it's interesting. We're talking about this, the conversation um, we just had on a recording last week and Amanda's episode actually should be out already as your episode comes out now. She had a lot of learning lessons from her first startup that, that didn't work out. And she took all of those learning lessons to her new venture House of Wise, um, which you obvi- you know that company very well because you've helped her now with your venture. So it, I feel like everything just comes full circle. But let's talk about some of these learning lessons. So the first thing that you just shared is you and your co-founders, like you and Hannah had the same vision and your other co-founders did not have the same vision. So what do founders need to think about when they do have a partner and having these conversations up front? Like what would you have done differently now? 
It's a great question. So I've thought about this a lot over the years, and it really boils down to the three key learnings from that experience is number one, make sure that when you sign an operating agreement that you negotiate the amount of equity that will set you up for success. So I was coming into this negotiation from a very vulnerable place, like living with my parents, not having any money and really wanting to be part of creating this. So I came out of the negotiation and the operating from a, not a strong place. Mm -hmm. So my learning was that, you know, you've got to negotiate the right equity that will give you voting rights so that if you do come to a situation where you are not on the same page, you're not going to get voted out because you don't have the equity. Number two, anybody that you're going to go into business with always reference check and do not ask them for the checks. You look at where they've worked and you back channel and you ask, how do they handle tough situations? How are they to work with? You know, when things get tough, how do they react? So number one, make sure you negotiate operating agreement equity that will set you up for success and that's fair Two, always reference check anybody that you're going to go into business with. And three, I would say that when you're doing the operating agreement and you have a few different partners, you really need to outline if we come to a point in the business and there's a big decision to be made, how are we going to make the decision? Because you, you know, maybe it's a board of advisors that can help with voting or there's some system because it's inevitable that not everybody's going to agree on all of the big decisions. Those are such great tips. And, and I'll add there for our listeners who, you know, are just starting out and looking for help putting together an operating agreement. This is something that a business attorney can help you with and highly recommend, you know, when you're starting a business, having a really great business attorney, someone that you trust that you can have, you know, conversations with. And if you're looking for someone, uh, you can always reach out to me. Uh, we have really great connections to our business attorneys that we've worked with. Also entrepreneurs league members who are business attorneys and can help with those operating agreements and trademarks and initial contracts. They are so, so, so important. All right, Annie, I want to hear now, you know, this business does not ends up, you know, not, not moving forward but you still kept moving forward and decided to, to start your next venture. And I think a lot of that was inspired from your learnings of, of starting your first business. So tell us what happens next. Yeah. So after the startup went under, I went through what a lot of people I think do like a, definitely a year of depression and, you know, sadness. I had a lot of friends that invested in my company that I still feel a lot of guilt and it still haunts me to this day that I was not able to pay them back. So after going through sort of a, a healing process of um, first, I was going out with girlfriends a lot, having wine, and that certainly made it worse than, you know, better. <laughs> and so then I decided to work on getting healthy and I started working out with a trainer and cooking at home. And once I got into a good headspace, I started thinking about what's next and what truly gives me so much joy and, and what I'm passionate about is helping people bring good ideas to life and helping them build and, and take that dream into reality. And so started working out of the wing in their first tiny, tiny little OG location where it was a hundred people in Flatiron. And everybody was sort of talking about starting these businesses, 
or having a business and needing to accelerate it. And so for a year, I found myself in a ton of, you know, coffee meetings on napkins, helping people figure out how to go about fundraising and securing partnerships. And so after a year, I just enjoyed it so much that I decided um, to start Dream Ventures and help people bring their dreams to life. So tell me what is Dream Ventures? What does your what does your business do and how can you help all of our entrepreneurs who are raising money? Yes. So we help founders connect to capital and game-changing partnerships. So we love to help demystify the fundraise process and break it down into really digestible, simple steps. We also have a wing woman offering where we can actually really roll up our sleeves and and help you every step of the way. And then game-changing partnerships. So another thing we like to do is help brands get into retail, Sephora, Target, you know, sort of the big box stores. And then also partnerships like an American Express or a P&G, things like that. Next up, you'll hear the best tips for pitching virtually to investors and how Annie was able to raise $50,000 in just over a month on iFundWomen. Annie, I have to share with everyone that we have been working together uh, in the fundraise for Market, which is my other venture aside from Entreprenista and Social Fly that we've been raising money for, which is, and I haven't talked about this too much on the podcast yet, and we're we're going to do a whole dedicated episode on Market coming up, but we have to finish our fundraise first with you, Annie, right? So Annie, you have been helping us put together a real st- strategic plan for our fundraise. And it's so interesting because, you know, I talk Courtney and I talk about this all the time. We never raised funding for Social Fly or Entreprenista. We bootstrap these businesses. And, you know, in some businesses, especially service based businesses, it's a much easier type of business to bootstrap. But there are a lot of businesses that do require capital in, in order to scale. And, you know, from so many of the women that I've spoken to, all the entrepreneurs over the years, a lot of us don't really understand the fundraising process or what's possible or how to go out and get funding. There's not a ton of resources out there and information that's that's readily available. So when I started the fundraising process last year, you know, I started with my network and didn't really have a formal plan in place. I didn't realize the real strategy that's actually involved in fundraising for a business, which is interesting because I've talked to so many women over the years and VCs and everyone. um, But because I hadn't done it before, it's like until you've really been in there and tried it and you're like, oh, wait, I think you need some extra help. So this is where you come in and dream ventures and you've been there, you've done it. You've helped all of these women figure out real strategic plans. And that's what you've been helping us with. So I'd love to hear from, from you just about your process and some, some tips that, you know, women should think about when they're first setting out to, to start a fundraise and maybe even thinking about if they need to raise capital. Absolutely. So what I really, really try to do and I'm passionate about is to save people time because as we know, fundraising can be such a time suck. You're already busy running the company and the operations and marketing and growth. And so I try to help people figure out who are the right target investors that invest at your stage in your sector, just to save everybody time. And just, it's, it really comes down to doing your research 
looking at their portfolio. Another thing I try to do is, you know, there's good eggs and bad eggs like any other business in the investor world. And I try to help share who I think would be great partners for you in terms of like the doors that they can open They're, You know, I try to bet and make sure that they're good humans. So really, you know, the first step is like doing your research as far as a the process, then just like good old fashioned organization. I mean, mm-hmm. fundraising is, is sales. Like we talked about it's you know, you've got your CRM, you got your target list, you've got your status of, you know, where the meetings stand and, and where you are in the process. And you just move through and you just keep your head down and just focus on it is really, you know, those are two key things. One thing that I wanted to share is that during COVID where people weren't having as many in-person meetings, I started doing these virtual investor AMAs where I would bring together a group of investors and the founder would get to share the opportunity to a group. So instead of having 20 meetings with 20 angels, you just save yourself 19 hours back in your schedule because you're just sharing it at once. And people like to see the other, you know, investors on the call. They're like, Oh, I've been wanting to connect with that person. And, you know, it becomes this community sort of feel. So it's one thing that I would explore doing. Can you share maybe more details about the process of what it's been like working with some of these women where you've been there, their fundraise wing woman? Can you talk a little bit about working with Amanda? Yeah, absolutely. So I was introduced to Amanda from a Hey Mama member, Hitha Palepu, who's an active angel um, who I love. And I had a call with Amanda and she blew me away. I think she's such a powerhouse and such a rock star. and what you know she's so great at is being able to articulate the problem how her company is the solution and what the big picture vision is in a very clear and concise succinct way which helps people to be backable and there's a book that i'm reading right now called backable and it's really just people that get backed you know the emily from glossier and you know the outdoor voices and and people like that are just they're it's sort of like selling the vision, you've got to be able to back it up, but just making sure that it's clear and concise. So I had a call with Amanda within 15 minutes. I knew that I wanted to be her wing woman. She had a ton, a deep network already in the investor world. But what I helped her with is she really wanted some strategic angels. So I helped to bring in amazing women that live all over the US in all different industries, And we put everybody together into a syndicate, an SPV, which is a great way to keep your cap table clean as all of these women go in as one entity, and then you just get the one lump sum wired to you. Can you share some of the best tips you've seen for pitching on Zoom? So when you have an investor meeting, what makes for a great pitch or presentation? Great question. Number one is making sure that within the first 30 seconds of welcoming everyone, you have that like shark tank elevator pitch that just draws everybody in. And it's like, we're going to transform. We're going to revolutionize, like just getting people like, oh, okay, this is like, this is a pretty like unique idea. And like, I'm listening. Second, if you have a product or a service or even an app, if you have, if you can send out the product or have people download the app 
and interact with it prior to the Zoom, that's what works the best. So Amanda sent everybody the House of Wise products and people went through the, the checkout process and they got to pick, do they want the sex gummies or the sleep or the stress? So when everybody came, they'd already tried it, mm-hmm. which was great. Another one I did was Aplos, a non-alcoholic spirit. They sent everybody a bottle and we actually, um, it's hemp infused. So we had our virtual investor AMA on 420. Smart. To celebrate. Um, and so little things like that. It's like creating an event and experience for, for investors and such an interesting strategy. So for entrepreneurs who are listening, who are thinking about raising money, or maybe some of them are already raising money right now and looking for additional help, what is the best way for them to, to work with you? What are your different offerings and how can you partner with them? Absolutely. So I would love to connect with anybody in your community. I have been amazed with how many awesome entrepreneurs. The best way is to shoot me an email at hello at dreamventures.co. The ways that we work together are sort of broken down into four different verticals. And one would be fundraise sounding board. You just need an ear. Maybe you need to fundraise and maybe you don't. And we can just chat through. The next one is a fundraise coach where I sort of coach you along throughout the month. Fundraise co-pilot and then fundraise wingwoman. That is awesome. And you guys, I I can't stress enough how incredible Annie is. She is a wealth of knowledge and her connections are amazing. She knows how to help with all of the follow-up emails and, you know, crafting the right messages to these investors and practicing your pitch. So if you need that, that fundraise wing woman, Annie is definitely your gal. Annie, I want to hear a little bit about building out your business here as your, as your second business, what has been, you know, the most challenging part of of doing this again, because you do not have a co-founder in the business. Now you're doing this yourself, correct? Yes. So honestly, the most challenging is, you know, I think what we talked about and it's scale. And so figuring out if it's bringing on team members and what those roles look like, I recently did an iFund Women campaign for $50,000 for Dream Ventures, and that was to be able to grow the team. So I brought on a social media marketing person who was amazing and a branding and design person. And they basically helped to do all of the things that are on your to-do list that you always never get to because you're you know, in the day-to-day. So that was something that I, I did this year to grow it. But yeah, I would say the challenges are just we're a small team and we want to help a lot of people. Yeah. So figuring out how to take the business to the next level to really create that, that scale and be able to, to help as many women as possible. And we've been chatting about our partnerships together with entrepreneurs. I think we have some ways we can definitely make that happen together. I actually want to go back to what you just mentioned about iFund women. So you now have experience raising funds through iFund Women. And when you do, when you go through that process, you're not giving away equity when you're going through iFund Women. You're just giving away like special perks for people who give money to your business, correct? Exactly. Are you able to like help advise people now on the process of doing an iFund Women campaign or a Kickstarter based on your experience? Is that part of your offering too? A hundred percent. I actually do that a lot because 
I've done it myself and I raised 50 K in a little over a month. And so, you know, it really truly is a great resource. And one thing that I think sometimes people don't realize is some people think that you have to have a product that, you know, you can buy this hat and, you know, they're going to send it to you. But I came up with some creative ideas, for example, like I knew there were a lot of friends that wanted to support me in this new venture. So I had a founding backer, literally it's their name on my website. There's like a hundred people that backed me and it was, it was an easy low lift. So there's always going to be those friends and family that want to support you that aren't in the angel investor category, but it's still a great way to have people support. That is such a great tip, especially for, you know, a service-based business, being able to, being able to fundraise. And I like that, you know, you need some initial money to bootstrap your business, to get it off the ground. You don't have to give away equity. You're not necessarily asking friends and family for tens of thousands of dollars. People can give $50 or hundred dollars. Maybe I have an idea. Why don't launch an iFund women campaign around your birthday and send it out, right? There's a good marketing strategy. <laughs> Exactly. Good idea. We should brainstorm all these tips. Can you share some of the tips? Like what else worked for you to raise that money so quickly on iFund Women? Absolutely. So the obvious rewards that I did to get to the 50,000 were my services. So pre-selling my services. And I had people book the fundraise wing woman through there at a discounted rate. The best ones were the founding backer where they got the name on my website. And two was the community membership. So people bought a community membership to Dream Ventures, which, get, which gets you access to our Slack channel to network and also access to virtual events where each one has a theme and then you get to meet other people, founders and investors. I'll tell you what wasn't great is I did custom embroidered jean jackets that said, create your dreams on the back. That was not a great reward because it was a pain to execute, to have to find the jacket, get it embroidered, mail it to the person. And it was a low margin. It was cool, but it was like, you know, not really time effective um, and profit margin wise wasn't great. What else? Oh, I did a dream cabin where that company getaway cabin, you could book one of those cabins in the Catskills and then you would get a vision board kit that I created with like metallic Sharpies and fun stickers to map out your 2021 goals. That was a fun one. That's awesome. And you did, you raised 50,000 in less than a month, you said? Just a little bit over a month, 50,000 bucks. And iFund Women takes 5% of what you raise, which is the same, I think, as Kickstarter and Indiegogo. That's awesome. We actually have a recording scheduled with Karen coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, good. Yeah. So we'll be sharing for her full story. I love how, like, all the connections here with you, Avanza, and Karen, and everyone's just building really cool platforms and everyone, everyone helps each other. So it's, it's so, so awesome. And I love all of these tips about different prizes and giveaways you can do to incentivize people. Anything else that didn't work for you as part of the campaign that you learned that you wouldn't do for the next one? One more that was really good. I can share. Yeah. Tell us the good stuff. <laughs> um, I got Amanda Klutz to host a workout where it was virtual and we had about a hundred people who booked it. And then afterwards we had, I, I broke everybody into groups of what founders would benefit from meeting what investors and paired everyone. That was a really good reward. So getting awesome. high profile in your network to host something was, I would recommend. 
And also, I can't remember if I told you, but I helped iFund women raise two million bucks. Did yes. Yeah. We did, you didn't tell. You told me personally, but you had, you didn't speak about it yet on the podcast. So yeah, if you want to share share a little bit about that too. So I love iFund women, and a few years ago, I was with a couple of girlfriends having dinner. We were chatting about all of the amazing entrepreneurs that we knew that were trying to raise money, but some are not a fit for VC. And we were like, after I think a bottle of wine, we were like, I know we should start Kickstarter for female founded companies. And then through researching came across iFundWomen. And I thought to myself, instead of starting it, I'll just go and support Karen. So I asked her to meet for a manicure at the wing, cold email. And she said, yeah, that sounds like fun. I was like, manicure on me. I said, how can I help you? I love what you're doing. And she said, I'm about to raise a seed round. I've got all male investors where I fund women. Can you help bring in some angels? So I said, of course, that sounds great. I said to her, um, didn't Luminary just raise 350K on your platform to open up Luminary? And she said, yes. So I said, why don't we have an event at Luminary where she's raised on iPhone women and we'll invite 20 investors to the breakfast and 20 to lunch. And we did. And within four hours, we had pitched 40 people and we closed 2 million in 60 days. What an incredible story, success story. And that is why I am just singing your praises from the rooftops of how amazing your fundraising strategies are and why I continue to keep referring you to so many women who are looking to, to raise money because you just have the entire strategy down and you know what needs to be done to, to really get a business funded because it's it can be really overwhelming and if you don't have experience doing it you know that's how you really learn i think you learned you know like you you share the story of your first venture you learned all of the mistakes and what you would have done differently and then you took time to build your network and figure out the right strategies and now you're helping so many women raise money and create the business of their dreams so it's so incredible to to see what you're building and to to be a part of it thank you so much up next the best way to unwind after a long day with the help of dream ventures back cbd brand house of wise All right, Annie, this is a new segment we've been doing now for, for the past couple of months that we didn't share with you ahead of time. We'd like to do some fun rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you a few questions and the first word or words that come to mind. Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. All right. Describe yourself in three words. Empathetic, inclusive, and warm. Oh, I love that. I think this is why we connect. <laughs> Answer. On the cusp of Leo and Cancer, July 23rd. So I'm a little bit of both. That makes sense. If you could learn one new skill today, what would it be? Piano. What is your most used emoji when you send a text? Probably the kiss emoji. Mm -hmm. Totally. What is the app on your phone that you cannot live without? Lyft. Do you have a favorite tech or business solution that's helped you in your business? Um, the first thing that comes to mind would be Stripe. Mm-hmm. Got to take those payments. Very important. <laughs> exactly. Do you have a hidden talent? Karaoke. I can really bring the house down. Oh Karaoke. my gosh. Annie, we have to hang out in person. That's my hidden talent too. Really? Yes. What's your go-to karaoke song? Amy Winehouse, Valerie. Okay. You? The, the song I used to always sing, uh, More Than Words by Extreme. Oh, so good. All right. Last question. Last rapid fire question. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? 
oh, I know dancing, like being a really good hip hop backup dancer. I'm like, so like awkward, but I like love going to those kind of classes. And I just like hide in the back. (laughs) At least you go, at least you try. Right. (laughs) I want to hear a little bit about what your typical day looks like now. And I'm sure it's really changed over the the past year and a half. And you're also, you're also a new mom. So, so what's your schedule? Like what's your day like now? So start our day around usually 7am and we always have a big old pot of coffee going or big coffee household. We get our son ready for school. And then usually um, my husband or I will take him to school. It's right down the street. I like to take him because it's a nice little walk down the hill and it's a nice little bonding time for us drop him off and then do the walk back up the hill so it's good exercise too to get moving in the morning and then I come back here and I either have a workout with my trainer which is something I'm super dedicated to doing twice a week doing strength training with my amazing trainer Lloyd who I love I've been working out with him for four years and otherwise I just dive right into work and get on email. I just started having meetings in the city, which my go-to place that I love having meetings is the well. Mm-hmm. I like practically live there. I have every breakfast and lunch meeting there. I think it's such a beautiful space and good vibes. Pick my son up at four o'clock and go right into sort of playing with him and then you know dinner, bath, story. We started doing something in our household where we have theme nights and started about a year ago where every night has a theme. So Thursday's mom's night out. So on Thursday, I know that I can always make plans to like see friends or get my hair done or whatever. And my husband's going to be at home. He has dad's night out and then we'll have date night every Saturday night. And so each one has a theme and we kind of never really stray from it. That's a really great idea. And I love recording these podcasts. I get so many tips for myself. I'm going to go talk to Greg and say, we need to start our theme nights. I actually thought when you were just sharing that, you were going to say like, you know, Tuesday's taco Tuesday that we do every week. But uh, (laughs) I really, I really like that. That's such a good idea. Greg and I actually like just went out for the first time together and had a babysitter come like for the first time in two years since, since having Molly. And it was like, Oh, it's nice to be out. And uh, (laughs) yeah. have some time away. So do you think there is like such thing as work-life balance as an entrepreneur? Like, is that a thing for you? It's really hard. You know, um, I, I really, Randy Zuckerberg wrote a book. You can have it all just not at the same time. And it really resonated with me where, you know, there's the different factors of taking care of yourself and self-care and working out. And then there's the, you know, career, family, friends, and usually, you know, it's like the pick three, there's three that are going and then there's three that need some love. So truthfully and candidly, as you know, I was feeling really burnt out and kind of foggy and frazzled from the past year. And so I went to do a wellness retreat at We Care Spa because I really was craving some sort of spiritual and healing time and experience. And so highly recommend that if anybody's feeling burnt out, it's like a very amazing oasis in the desert. Totally. Yeah. I think Courtney has shared, shared on the podcast that she went there as well. And it's just so important to take time for ourselves. And if we don't take care of 
ourself and our body, we can't take care of our business and then our employees and, and our clients. So realizing that you needed that and then actually taking action and, and doing that for yourself is, is super important and highly encourage all entrepreneurs to listen to that, that voice inside of you that's saying, I need a break. I need some, some me time to just, you know, decompress. It's, it's important to, to listen to that. Uh, what would you say is your favorite way to just unwind at the end of the day? Are you able to just, you know, take a step back at the end of the day and, and breathe, or do you get back online and start doing work as soon as you get your son to bed? So usually truthfully, I will pour a glass of wine and get back on my computer. That is a habit that I'm actively working on changing. And the two things that have helped me with that are honestly, I started taking Amanda's house of lies gummies, the stress and the sleep one. And that is a good replacement for wine if you're trying to cut back. And then that Aplos non-alcoholic spirit, I mix it with grapefruit seltzer. And it's sort of like a fun little cocktail that doesn't leave you feeling like foggy in the morning. So all the good, all the good tips from you right now. And if you're listening to this episode right now and you haven't let, yet listened to Amanda's episode, highly recommend listening to it. She tells all about the backstory of, of building House of Wise and launching these products. And everyone seems to be obsessed with them. So so definitely check it out. Annie, what are you most grateful for every day? This is a super actually easy answer. I am so grateful for the community of women that I have around me. I have surrounded myself with just amazing women that are the kind of people. There's that saying, surround yourself with women that would mention your, your name in a room full of opportunities. And over the years, I've been grateful to cultivate this you know, sort of tribe where we all are, you know, we celebrate each other's successes. We cheer each other on. If we're, if we're scared to try something, it's, you know, our tribe is like, no, you've got this. So I would say, yeah, I'm just grateful for my, my community of my sisters. Yes. I mean, it's literally the exact reason why we launched our Entrepreneurista League to, to bring everyone together and have this community and connection and celebrate each other and help each other, give everyone the tools and resources. And I'm excited that you're going to be coming to speak to our league members all about raising money and giving everyone the best tips and tools and, and best practices. Do you have a mantra or quote that you like live your life by? I do. It's, um, we rise by lifting others. I am a big fan of helping people without any sort of agenda and what is this going to do for me, but just a general collective movement to help other people. And if we all help each other, then we're all going to rise together. It is so true. And I just am so excited for all of the magic we're all going to make together, helping, helping all of these women, our vision and missions are, are totally aligned and I'm so excited for you and to continue to be part of the dream ventures community. And I know it is going to be so, so successful. And I'm excited that, that I get to work with you one-on-one -on -one in your business. Annie, my final question for you today is what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? It means trying and going for it. And sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it isn't, but just get back on your feet, put one foot in front of another and just keep trying. 
Absolutely. Just keep trying. Just keep going. Annie, where can everyone find you and follow you and tell us again, the best way to, to reach out to you. hundred percent dreamventures.co is my website. Then they can email me at Annie at dreamventures.co. My Instagram is dreamventures.co. And lastly, I wanted to mention that one of my best friends who I do a lot of angel investing deals with, we've been putting together SPVs, investing in women. And so we started a company recently called SPV Sisters, because that's what we call ourselves. And so we're going to be doing more SPVs and syndicates for female-founded businesses. So if you go to the site, spvsisters.com, you can put your email in, and then we're going to share information by how we're going to allow people to invest in SPVs that want to back women and founders that want to have people do SPVs for funding. That is awesome. I will definitely be signing up for that and can't wait to be a part of it. Annie, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your story, and all of your helpful tips and advice. And I'm so excited for our entrepreneurs to be able to, to meet you and connect with you and learn from you. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.